Hey everybody, welcome to Answer the Call. I'm Kelsey Kemp. This is a podcast for high-performing Christian professionals who want to learn how to create a career you truly feel called to for the glory of God and the good of others. Today's guest who I have been so excited to introduce you to is Kayla Lyons. She is a TV host, journalist, and media strategist and entrepreneur, pretty crazy. (laughs) She is a recipient of the National Broadcasting and Cable's Best Digital Multi-Platform Award and recognized by the Texas African American Museum as a notable woman of 2020. Kayla is also one of the, wait, no, 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 not one of, she is the first full-time African-American digital news anchor in the United States. Her drive to elevate her community led her to also start her own digital marketing company where she currently serves as a social media content strategist, helping small to medium-sized businesses optimize their digital footprint. Kayla's life goal is to walk out what it means to live out an authentic, faith-filled life and inspire others to do the same. You'll see that we are best friends from the get-go. And she also graduated from Stephen F. Austin State University with a bachelor's in business administration and marketing, as well as Full Sail University with a master's in entertainment business management. If you're getting the idea that this woman is in her 40s and has had a lot of time to accomplish all these things, uh, how about this? Why don't you hang on until I ask her how old she actually is? I think it'll knock you out of your seat. So here's just one more thing I want to share before I get right into the interview for you. I actually recorded this with Kayla in April. And uh, if you heard my episode last week where I just caught you up on, honestly, here's what's been going on and here's why I went silent for about six weeks or so and all of the craziness, but also the miracles that I saw happen through that time. I love how God works. (laughs) He's just too wonderful for me to comprehend because actually I realized that this whole time has been bookended by being encouraged by Kayla's story because we actually recorded this interview right before I took a break from podcasting. And after we stopped recording this episode that you'll hear today, we were catching up and I told her honestly about Uh, just what's going on in my life and some of the uh, aspirations I had to finally achieve this goal of buying a house that I had been working towards for a long time and how I was discouraged because it felt like I just as I was ready to start this endeavor into trying to put in offers and really get serious about seeing my goal come to pass, it seemed like the market just got worse than ever in my area. And I was up against more odds than I ever thought I would be. And (laughs) Kayla said something that I, when she said this, I was like, well, at the time I thought, I really hope she's right. And now today I get to tell her and catch up with her, you were totally right. (laughs) You were totally right. She said, as I was describing to her, um, my dismal outlook and all these odds that I was up against and how it's probably just not going to happen for a single woman like me and how I think all I could afford at this point is like a hut in the country is what I was joking about with her. And she said, Kelsey, 
in her boisterous voice that you're about to hear in a minute, she was like, Kelsey, honestly, you have too much faith to be talking like that. I don't want to hear it. And you have too much faith and too many, uh, God has showed you too much goodness for you to come up to this goal of buying a house and for you to get something that you hate. No, I am not hearing that. And so she called me out and she said, so expectantly, and this is the kind of faith that you'll see so obviously she's carried herself and her career with. She said, <laughs> just everything with that expectance, her expectancy. She said, tell me when you get the house you want. Tell me when you get the house you want. Tell me when it all works out. <laughs> and it did. It did. Go listen to my episode. It, I'm not just talking about like, oh yeah, I got um, like something I'm okay with. And oh, praise God, this whole stressful process is over. And, you know, it worked out in a logical way or like pretty good by the world standards. Um, no, no, no. You need to go listen to my last episode if you haven't already to hear how so many miracles happened for me. My realty team was confused. (laughs) Anyway, you just need to hear who those statements of faith was coming from. I cannot wait for you to get to know Kayla. Without further ado, here is her career story. Kayla a force of a woman. She is here to answer the call. I'm so excited. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my honor. My pleasure. You are doing me the solid here. Um, Let's kick it off with just the brief on who are you? Where do you live? What do you do? Also, feel free to include little passion projects if you want. Absolutely, absolutely. So I am Kayla Lyons. I am a media personality and I am also a digital content strategist. Um, The media field is just my whole thing. So as a journalist, I was a news anchor and host Um, on the side as a media professional. I also have my own business, Social Media Sidekick, where I help basically small to medium-sized companies optimize their digital footprint. Um, And so content creation is my thing. I absolutely love it. And I'm also a part on a board member of a great nonprofit organization, Supergirl Shine Foundation. We are a pipeline for young girls in STEM and technology careers. Um, And so, yeah, those are my three big things right now that I have going on. What the heck? Wait, <laughs> also, I I want to be like so unprofessional and ask exactly how old you are because I feel like a 40-year-old is the only one that deserves to have that kind of resume. But then you're probably going to shock me and be like, I'm 24. And then I'm just going to be deceased and we can no longer proceed with the interview. Is that so heinous to start off by asking that question? You know what? It is not. And you know what? So I am not 24. I'm 25. Um, and and you know what? I get it all the time though. Like I always feel like ever since I was younger, like I've always felt so much older than I was. Like most of my friends are in their thirties. I even have a friend who's in her fifties and I just vibe better with those kind of people because I've always felt so much older than what I am. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I feel like no, sorry. I, I am really trying to recover. I When I was joking about like potentially becoming deceased after you answering that question, 
I thought it was a joke, but then it started to happen. I think my vital organs are kind of saying goodnight. Um, but um, can you first off talk about how you got a job as a news anchor and a TV personality? Because that, from what I've heard, that is really competitive. So how did you do that? Absolutely. Thank you for asking. So it's crazy. Right out of college, I had a bunch of internships. I was that girl in college that I actually and still do like studying. Like I'm a big nerd. And so I um, went to school um, and during my collegiate career, I started off my first two years of college. I was actually going to school to become a doctor because my whole life, I thought that's what I wanted to do. So my second semester of my, no, my first semester of my, I believe, third year or second semester of my second year, one of the two around that time, I was in chemistry class and I said, oh my gosh, I hate this. I can't do this. Like I want to switch. And my mom asked me the question. She said, Katie, if you could do anything in this world, what would you do? And I love TV. I love presenting. I always loved that, but I thought it was so far-fetched to do. And I told her mom, this is what I want to do. And she said, all right, well, let's make that happen. Let's reverse engineer it and let's make it happen. And so in two years, I had seven internships. One of the internships that I had was at the station that gave me my first broadcasting opportunity. And when I went to sign the contract, I originally was going to go in and be a reporter, but I started a YouTube channel. Oh, I YouTube on the side as well. Yeah, that's one of my hobbies. And I had a YouTube channel and I had branded it. It was my brainchild. And I said, well, I want a clause in my contract that actually allowed me to keep the intellectual rights of this. And so my boss said, well, let me see what it is. And so he looked at my YouTube channel and he was like, um, you're not going to do that. You're not going to report. You're actually going to start on this anchor desk um, because I like your personality. And we have this, you know, live digital platform. And at the time, streaming was just starting to become a big thing in 2019. So um, he was like, we have this You'll basically be talking eight hours a day on your shift with minimal breaks, but I think that you can do it. I said, well, you know what? I love a challenge. So I tried it out three months later. There was not, I mean, I just didn't want to report anymore. That was my love. So that's how I got <laughs> into it. Okay. You're not allowed. You're just not allowed. I just, <laughs> your story. What the heck? Also mom of the century award with the, instead of the being like, well, you know, I just don't think, I think you really need to adjust your expectations. She's just like, Hey, have some integrity. If you, I'm going to ask you the big question. Then if kid, if that's what you really want, then go to town, knock on some doors, reverse engineer it, make it logical, see how it could be logical instead of just assuming, Oh no, 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 no. That's too much. And cause I love how, um, I hate how this is the example coming to mind, but the example coming to mind is Joe Rogan, love him or hate him, whatever. Uh, he talked about how so many people growing up, when they would hear him say, I want to be a stand-up comedian, they would say, you know how 0. 0.00 whatever percent really are the only people that make it. You just really don't have a chance. And he said, wait, no. So you're telling me 0.001% of people make it. All right. So what did they do? All right. Uh, did they have 10 years of patience and willingness to fail? Okay. I'll just have 10 years of wait, uh, patience and willingness to fail during that time. And even, even after that, I see what they did to get there. And then he just did it, obviously. And I see that same spirit in you and how special. Um, how did you 
land those internships? Because I imagine those were all competitive. What did you do to set yourself apart? It sounds like YouTube is one of them, but I'd love to hear more. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're so right about that. Um, big shout out to my mother. She's, and I know not everybody is as fortunate to have someone that is like, you know what, it sounds crazy, but if you think you can do it, then let's see what do I need to do to help you? Like she is phenomenal. So I appreciate her. Her name is Stephanie. So thanks mom. But Stephanie, um, we yes. honor you. We pay homage. <laughs> we do. She's such an amazing person. Um, but basically, okay. So because my background is not in journalism and I'm very spiritual. So a lot of times my spirituality will come up when I talk in this interview, my background Which this is the place it is it's perfect I love it I love it so when I switched my major from biology I did not change to journalism because I wanted to have the flexibility to go in business if something went wrong if my plan a didn't go right I wanted the flexibility flexibility to be an asset in any industry so I actually majored in marketing that's how I said you know what I want to get experience and I'm just going to get the internships to teach me what to do in a broadcast job so going into anything like especially cold applying to some of these internships nobody wanted to give me the time of day because they were like you don't have any journalism experience like you're a marketing major what are you doing and I even reached out and I still have that email to that day I reached out to one of the advisors at the time that was over the journalism committee. And I said, hey, I'm new to this, but I wanna be in journalism, though my background is in marketing. Can you help me out? Is there any internship resources? He goes, he emails me back this long email. And he goes, you know, in short, I hate to inform you, but because you lack the practical knowledge of what it takes to be in the journalism industry, I don't feel comfortable signing my name on anything that you do. And I don't know, I don't even know if I replied back. I didn't even reply back. I'm one of those people, though, that hate being told I can't do something. Like, if you want to get me to do something, tell me I cannot do it. So I said, okay, well, since you won't help me, let's cut out the middleman. And I started cold calling news directors. And I said, hey, like, let me know if you have an internship. Can I intern with you? Most of them said yes. Like, they did. And... I talked to my advisor, I said, hey, is there any way I could get college credit for these internships because I'm getting all of this like experience. And so my advisor at the time, Dr. Kayla, she's amazing. She created classes for me so that I could use my internships, basically not created classes, but we kind of worked around that. So I was getting college credit for like some of my internships as well. And it just worked out. So honestly, that's how I started getting internships was just cold calling because you know, if somebody tells you no, like, yeah, that's cool. Thank you. It may not work out in your eyes the way it's supposed to. But, you know, if there's a back door or a side door, I don't have to get in through the front. As long as I get into the house, that's all that matters. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. You are such an example. And remember, um, actually, it, it's totally fair if you don't, because I don't know about you. But when I do public speaking, I think I sound nice, but I'm actually completely blacked out. And I don't remember much of what I say. Uh, but when we met on that young professionals panel, and someone, a uh, an attendee was asking about books that each of us recommended. Mm -hmm. One of the ones that I recommended was the third door, which is exactly it's the book titled after the principle that you just mentioned of, you know, how it starts, the book starts like this, like, you know, how at a club, there's the people lined up out front 
it's all sorts of the stratosphere of society and they're waiting for hours to see if they could get in and they're getting weeded out. And then there's the high status people, I guess, that can just walk up and get in. They can take the, they already have their credentials or whatever they're being judged by. They just walk right in. And then there's the others that say, I don't really feel like waiting in that line, but you know what I bet I could do? I could go around to the kitchen. There's always a back door. Talk to some of the chefs back there and really just walk right through. It's like two corridors. I could do this. And (laughs) (laughs) that's what you did. And actually just going straight to the source. How did you find those numbers that you called? Google. Google is everything. Like I love Google. I had those news stations that I really wanted to intern at. One of them I had to apply for, um, but the other ones, I was just like, what are some of my local news stations? Okay, I have a list. How about I just intern at all of them? And so I just started calling people and said, hey, um, can you put me in charge of the person that's over internships? And the ladies were like, absolutely. And so it's easier than you think to find things. I think we psych ourselves out, honestly, and we talk ourselves out of doing so much because we're like, okay, I'm nervous. What if they say no? What if they say X, Y, and Z? But it's like, okay, if they say no, cool. Like you have to get comfortable with rejection, which is easy, much easier said than done. But yeah, just Google. How have you gotten comfortable with rejection? Was that a process for you? What advice do you give to others? Give us the lowdown. (laughs) I am still getting comfortable with rejection. Like I am one of those people who I hate hearing the word no, because I'm like, oh my gosh, I can strive to do it. I can do it. I can do it. But especially now that I am more mature in my faith, I know that, you know, if you um, know this Bible verse, faith without works and all this other stuff, but I actually have to flip that around and say, you know, if you work, but you have no faith, then it's Mm -hmm. like, you're not going to achieve anything as well, or you may achieve something, but it won't be really fulfilling to your heart. And so for me being in this place where I am used to working, 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 and being able to see results now being vulnerable, looking for my next job opportunity in the entertainment industry and trying to switch careers just a little bit. I am in a space where I have to, God's knows a redirection for me. So with that being said, if I apply to something and I said, God, okay, order my steps. And he gives me a no. It's not that, no, you're not good enough. It is redirection. Like, no, this isn't the door I want for you. Keep on going, keep on going. And so I think the no's over and over and validating myself in something other than a job description have helped me be more comfortable with the word no. Because when I hear no, I don't question my ability to do the job. I just see it as a redirection. That's amazing perspective. And what I heard that I just thought was the biggest marvel in what you said was that you applied and then you're like, okay, God, up to you. And actually most, and I really do mean most people that I talk to would reverse those steps and say, Mm. God, I need you to, um, you know, take over the billboards in Times Square and type out my name and say exactly (laughs) what my net worth is going to be in three years. And, um, (laughs) and then I'll apply and do what you say I need to do to get there. Mm. And that's really not how life works. Mm -mm. at all it's a whole lot of I repeat this 
as often as I can because I think it's just that good that um, life is a lot of it's not a lot of red lights until God gives you a, one green light every once in a while saying, this is what I want you to do. It's actually a bunch of green lights and God graciously throws up some yellows and reds to keep you on the right path. Oh, I love that. I, I am, I am going to use that. I'm going to coin that for you, Kelsey. And I'm going to, every time I say it, I'm going to say Kelsey say it. That is oh, so no, good. You should say Maria Pope because that's my friend who <laughs> I stole it from. <laughs> everybody knows I think she's been on my podcast three times um okay I have some other heinous questions about um your (laughs) I think one of your experiences you said that you were on an 18 hour news cycle or a talk show how did you live through that like (laughs) we're wait also with the like you were on camera for eight hours straight I think is another one that you were saying with minimal breaks that how, is that, did I get that right? okay uh-huh. those are the same how on earth did you have the mental endurance to do that because we're not actually designed most humans for that much uptime so how <laughs> now you know what so just to give you some backstory so my the station that I worked at they were one of the first local stations to really embrace the streaming platform. And so they created this show. It was a live show where you can get the news whenever you turn it on news on demand. You can interact with the host of the show. I was one of the hosts. One of my co-hosts was the other one. Um, And it was just kind of like that. It was more of making the community, bridging the gap between news and the community and what's going on. So with that being said, um, shout out to my host, Jeremy G. Butler. Like, he told, he taught me a whole lot about the news platform. Like he is the one that trained me and really said, hey, this is how you do it, X, Y, and Z. Like he taught me the technical aspects. Um, and I'm a talker, so I like to talk anyway. Um, you definitely do get fatigued. I got fatigued several times, but my mindset was when people, and I would always pray this coming into work. I would pray, I said, God, When people turn me on, let them see you, let them hear you, let them feel you. Take me out of it. Because if I'm acting in my own strength, I won't be able to do it. My attitude will get in the way if I wake up on the wrong side of the bed. If I'm hungry, I'll get hangry at the people. So like, you have to take me out of it. And so that is honestly how I sustain. And I know it sounds so generic, but you cannot do that big of a task by yourself. There is no way I could have done that in every day given 100%. I mean, there was not one day that I complained or let the audience show like the same energy that you're getting is the same energy eight hours that I kept. And that is something that honestly it is, he gave it to me. Like it is, it is a gift. I don't know how he, I don't know what kind of ingredients, but he gave it to me. And you know what I will say (laughs) that during COVID-19, so when COVID-19 happened, 2020 came and normally I do an eight hour shift and my co-host does an eight hour shift. Well, they split the newsroom in half so that, you know, to minimize the spread of COVID-19 if anybody got COVID. So my eight hour shift talking all day went to like (laughs) 12 hours real quick. And so because of that, I think during COVID-19 that really taught me like the extent of what I can do. Because when I say God sustained me, like there were times when I got home and I cried, 
I boohooed. I said, I don't want to do this because you got to see, you know, just because I'm a news personality doesn't mean I'm not a human. So I was immersed in it before I went to work because I had to check the headlines. I was immersed in it while I went to work. So from like 5 a.m. all the way until I got off at 5 p.m. And then you get on social media and everybody is venting and saying all of their pieces stuff. So I couldn't run away from it. And so I think when I say like God sustained me, that's what I mean. He, my mind, like he just gave me a different mindset. And so I was able to look at it different. Yeah, honestly, I wish that more people would really just rely on God's graciousness in life actually being a lot more simple than we make it. Every year that goes by for me, I feel like I get a whole nother set of or rather a deepening of that lesson that God in his graciousness actually has made life much more simple than we make it. And in terms of this example of you didn't give me this five point list of these books that you read and these supplements that you take and this exercise regimen and how you did it in your own strength. We serve a God that it's not a platitude to say that he will give you the strength when you are appointed and entrusted to care for your part of society in that position, it is his will for you to honor that position. And so he will give you the strength to complete it, even when it's requiring significant withdrawals from you like that, it seems too much. And um, so that's, so encouraging and powerful um, of an encouragement but you know what? people. Also, I will add there on that. One thing that helped me as well was also unplugging. I think mm-hmm. that in order to be so reliant on God, I had to shut out a lot of the voices that were giving me all other suggestions of what to do to self-soothe. And so with that being said, taking time on the weekends, like those were mine. I would get off of social media. I would do, you know, a social media fast and I would put my phone down and I would just let be, be alone, read a book, get out of my own head. And I think that is so underrated because whether it's the TV on in the background for just some subliminal noise or a podcast or something, we always have to have something going on, but there is so much renewing in silence. Even if it's just five minutes, mm-hmm. I took that. And so that is another thing that really helped me get through that too. Yeah, absolutely. I always have that little, well, maybe I trust it'll get better over the years because it's only been about two or two and a half months for me since I deleted Instagram off my phone. And I only check DMs like maybe once a month, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I just don't interact at all anymore. And cultivating that silence in my life, it still does feel like a little battle of, I'm doing the dishes and I, as I'm about to prepare for that task and I'm thinking it'll take me 20 minutes to clean the kitchen. My immediate instinct is what podcast am I going to listen to? Can I turn on the TV? Is there any music or a playlist that I want to listen to? And I have this little internal wrestling match, which often only lasts about five seconds of resistance that makes me think, oh, I don't want silence. And then there's always some beautiful reward in it. And then I'm able to be in silence way longer than I thought. Like it'll be 45 minutes and it's just, (laughs) amen to what you're saying. (laughs) Amen. Um, How or what led you to start thinking about changing jobs 
uh, from the news anchor position. And how did you decide to create your own digital marketing company? Yes. Oh my goodness. So I love this question because so when you decide to change industries, and this is for anybody, you know when it's time. And for me, I had given, when I say all of myself, I had given all of myself and everything that I have had to those viewers. And being in a position that is that demanding on you physically and mentally, I just had to check and see and say, hey, is this regular exhaustion? Or is there a reason why you are exhausted? And for me, that was, I was not being fed anymore in a way that, you know, I had something that made my heart skip a beat too. And it became routine. And I never want to get to a place where I am complacent in a routine. So for me, I talked to God and just got confirmation that it was time to go, that my feelings weren't, you know, something that was just, you know, here for a week, like they were sustained. And so he said, you know, it's time for me to show you a new lesson. Um, and so with that being said, that's how I knew. And that's when I started looking for my next entertainment opportunity. Um, and so, and still am looking, still am looking. So let's just put that out there right there because sometimes when God tells you to move and tells you to jump, he's not going to tell you, hey, like for a second, you're gonna be in the air for a minute, but you know, you'll get to the other side, just wait for a minute. So I'm still doing that. Um, but I actually started my digital content company back in 2019. And it's crazy because I saw a need in the community. I said, there are so many business owners that are struggling with digital content and with social media. And because my background is in marketing, I was like, well, you know, why can't I help these businesses, you know, do something about it? Like I saw a need. And while it's not something that I would consider, I would want to do in place of a media job, because media still feeds me, I said, you know what, if I can help a few people, that's what I'm going to do. So I did it for a little bit. But of course, balancing a full time job, and this it became too much. So I had to suspend it. But after when God had me in this season where I am in between my broadcasting opportunities, I picked it back up. And he was like, I'm going to use something in a previous season that you made to help you in this season that you're in right now. And I was able, fortunately, to scale my business. I uh, I mean, I have no complaints and no regrets because at first I was just wanting to do it my way. And I was just wanting to be like, oh my gosh, well, if I don't have a broadcasting opportunity, then this sucks. And I'm like down and out. But then I was like, this is amazing. I can set my own schedule. I'm helping people. People tell me all the time how much of a godsend that I am. So I'm being fed spiritually and my pockets are increasing as well. So that's mm. why I created it and when I created it and how I was able to scale it to the degree it is right now. Oh my gosh. Amen. Um, side note, this is... <laughs> reminded me of someone asked me recently like oh okay so you're like a Christian career coach does that mean that you do it uh like is it like a charity woman no, no. <laughs> absolutely not um no. I honestly I if like off podcast off mic if you yeah. take me into a little happy hour and you ask my opinions about two things nonprofits and higher education we'll have a good time We'll get feisty. We'll get feisty. We'll be surprised with my views. Maybe. Um, We're, I'm going to take anyway. you up on that. So you just, yeah, you just wait. Yes, absolutely. You must. Uh, and I want to ask 
more about your role, what role faith has played in your career, because clearly God is woven throughout this story. And what, I guess, specifically, what advice you have for listeners who are sitting here and thinking, Kayla, I want to hear from God. I want to do something big. I want to be bold. I want to feel like I'm jumping out of bed to go to work. But that might feel far off for some. How do they, how would you advise that they um, start being led by the spirit in their career? Okay, I'm going to add the first, I'm going to answer the first one and then I may ask you to repeat that second question again. Oh, sure thing. Um, <laughs> but faith has played everything, everything, every part of my career. Like at a very early age, um, I had an encounter with God. I know God is real. I know he hears me. I know he has a plan for my life. So with that being said, I want him to be a part of this story because he knows my end better than I know. And so it plays every part. Like I specifically within the past two and a half years got to a place where I was like, God, if you don't let me, I'm going to do, you know, my part, but if you don't tell me to do it, I'm not going to do it. Like you need to, we need to be here on one accord. I'm not stepping unless you say step. I'm not going until you say go. And that is just the ultimatum. I think that I have had to give myself in my career and not everybody may be there. You know what I mean? Everybody is at different walks in their faith. Not just that, but not everybody is, you know, a believer as well. And so this is just not singling anybody out. This is just how I did it, but I had to give him complete control of my career. And it wasn't easy to do because a lot of times, and to your second question now, um, the what advice would you give to people who wants to step out on faith? Um, A lot of times we have what we want and we are so married to what we want that we negate to realize that maybe God has something a little bit better in mind, but just because it doesn't look like how you want it to look right now, um, like, you know, you just have to wait and see. And I think for me, that is the best advice that I could tell other people. You have to A, divorce and rip up your list, divorce what you thought your journey was going to look like. God will show you the end, but your journey to get there there's a reason why he doesn't give all of you the steps because most of the time if he gave you some of the steps that you would have to do you would forfeit your promise and so for 100%. me that is because exa- it's scary like what yeah. oh my gosh it's like that real like oh you want this okay do this how about this and they're like I will not do that okay just what about <laughs> this I will not do that no you're good be unemployed for six months and work on your business that I gave you the previous season oh no I will not do that here I am doing that. So that's what we are. Oh, but I definitely think that is one. And also we have to get out of the mindset of caring about what other people think to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Because this career move that I had. So first backtrack when I was going to become a doctor, right? Very esteemed, had a great title. Dr. Lyme sounds great, but being a news anchor to me didn't carry as much weight at the same time. Little did I know, you know what I mean? So that was something that I had to overcome. And then even surrendering to God's plan and his journey. You know what I mean? If I was so worried about what everybody else would think of me, I would have taken a job already that I got offered. But if it's not my job and I'm stepping out of the will of God, men's opinions are so fickle. You know what I mean? And so with that being said, I can't rely on you and 
base my decisions off of what you will think of me if I am in this season or how you will think of me if I change careers or how you will think of me if I take a big pay cut. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for some people, there may be some doctors that want to get into photography. There may be some lawyers that want to do something else. And going from making $250,000, $300,000 a year to making, you know, maybe $100,000, maybe $50,000 a year, that's not sexy. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. you have to reroute your mm -hmm. life. But I think divorcing other people's expectations for you, divorcing your expectations of how the journey should look, that is the very first step on how yeah. you go to make a career change. Because without that, you won't even have the mindset to take the first step. I have a voice echoing in my mind of growing up in a fairly charismatic church. There was always this woman in the back <laughs> that she would always say, break it down, pastor. And that's what I wanted to tell you as you were talking. God bless that woman. I wish I knew her name. Uh, <laughs> She's great. I love her too. And I didn't even met her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Y'all might be a kindred spirit. Um, <laughs> I am just so stunned with the beauty of your response to that. And again, in God's grace, um, I think that the answers to these things are ultimately, they start simple and they lead to all the rest that you're hoping for. And what I heard in your response is the importance of surrender and the goodness that you could expect that comes, but it's who knows what timing and in yeah. what way, but it will come through your obedience to surrender and to daily acknowledge that God has the best path for you. He knows your design. And I just in the last year have really fixated on the imagery of the body of Christ and how mm -hmm. that imagery, it actually affects everything that we do, especially the way that we think about our careers in terms of our function and how the, I know that in the new age movement that's very popular now or modern quote spirituality um we like to give a lot of airtime to the we are one mm -hmm. topic and okay let's just say that there's something to that that we're all so interconnected but i love thinking of it in terms of the body of christ that we all have different functions and none is honored above the other and if you I just really think that a lot of people are, including myself in earlier years of my life, was really, really just trying to be convinced that um, this is the certain way that is most esteemed and this is what I should do and this is what my parents did and this is what others would think is really admirable. But the thing that changed everything was when I finally, I guess, got beat down enough. Though maybe <laughs> if I were wiser, I wouldn't have to wait to get beat down so hard. But ultimately getting to that point where I said, God, this time I really mean it. Yeah. I prayed the, what uh, I think Jenny Allen calls the anything prayer. Yeah. I will do anything. Just send me to the place that you know would delight you the most and would be the highest expression of who you created me to be for such a time as this. Only you could figure that out. Every single way that I try to make that up or conjure it in my own plans, it might look at best pretty good to humanity, but I know that I believe it's Galatians 3.10. Paul is saying, if I were seeking the approval of man, I would no longer be a servant of Christ. 
Come on. I would no longer be a servant of Christ. Oh, ee, Paul, <laughs> dang. Oh. Um, and so, amen. Break it down to what you were saying. Um, what are some of the key lessons that you've learned so far in starting your own business? Particularly, this has been a longer, this has been a theme in your life from the YouTube channel, which I love, um, and uh, starting this as a side hustle and scaling it. I'm particularly curious about the lessons that you've learned in how you've blown this thing up. So I think one of the first things that I have, so let me just start off by saying, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. Okay. Like, let's just put that out there. Um, <laughs> because I grew up in a house. So I had two, I grew up in a two parent household. My dad worked and my mother worked. She was a businesswoman. She quit corporate America for a while to start her own business. And she got it. She, it was a transportation business. She was successful, but I saw the stress that it put under her from the inside of, from internally, you know, it, within the home. And I was just like, oh, uh -uh, I don't want to do that. So I didn't want to be an entrepreneur, but I think what caused me to go that route is I wanted to help people and I saw a need. And I knew I had the skills to help meet that need. And so if somebody is starting off as an entrepreneur, yes, you can sell, you know, anything and everything you can sell. I don't even know. You can sell sticks. You know what I mean? But unless those sticks are helping meet a need, unless you're selling them to meet a need, you're not going to be as successful and it's not going to be as fulfilling. So that is one lesson that I learned. Whatever you do, Make sure it's solving a problem because you'll always have demand and you'll always have clientele and make sure it's serving people because that will bring you the most fulfillment. Even when the dollars aren't coming in like that, just knowing that you are in the right spot and doing things intentionally and on purpose and you get that feedback that can help you keep going on the worst of days. Um, also, I guess when starting my business, I did not know how much legwork it will be. So be prepared to reach out to a lot of people, to not know everything. And it's okay not to know everything because I thought starting off, you know, a digital marketing company, oh, I majored in marketing. Like I should, this is like the back of my hand. Like I should know this. But there were so many things that I am still learning to this day and that I didn't know. And so for a minute, I felt bad because I was like, why don't I know all of these things? Why isn't my business growing? Like, what can I do to help? But knowing and giving yourself grace to learn and go forward, giving yourself grace to fail, giving yourself grace to hear the word no, that is where the real success comes in at. Because now you can take those no's um what you have and now you can give them to somebody else who's like hey how do you start a business you know but if nobody ever hears knows and if nobody is able to be vulnerable but vulnerable about that then you'll have people starting at the finish i mean starting at the you know starting line when they could have started you know where you started from you know what i mean so yeah those are the biggest things that i would say really i learned being an entrepreneur yeah such good stuff. It is such a journey, is it not? Such a journey. <laughs> um, but also beautiful and awesome. But I had to really lean on the advice that you just gave hard in terms of giving myself grace because yeah. I just really 
my starting assumption, honestly, <laughs> was I heard all this advice that on average, small businesses take about 18 months to break even, yeah. become profitable. First off, that is the most generic advice ever. Oh, and you expect that, um, the, you know, the particulars of each situation is actually going to be, you know, what is it for your industry and whatnot. But actually, I th- had the arrogance and I think naivete, it actually serves humanity greatly. Got me <laughs> to start my business. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I just thought, oh, well, I, I'm just going to, throw even more work at it than um, maybe what these people, I imagine they were putting at it. And I have got on my side and all this stuff and crap prosperity gospel. (laughs) (laughs) uh, That does not serve. (laughs) And um, then I just got so bitter and so mad at myself. Like Kelsey, this uh, sure it's broken even, but we're not looking for a break even life. We're looking for some more comfort. I left tech consulting for God's sake. And I just got continually so mad at myself for not finding ease and comfort in it sooner. But I had to remember my initial commitment that Kelsey, even though your naiveness said 18 months, let's go. I did. God gave me the grace to actually, before I agreed to make the launch that I would give myself five really humble years before um I would really expect too much out of this business venture uh tomorrow she turns four I'm going to a celebratory dinner for the called career's birthday I'm so excited and I'm very grateful to say like I, I by God's grace I did figure it out it wasn't anywhere close to that timeline and there was a lot of tears but that's like any uh emotional benefit that I get from my job. That's just a side feature. Really, God is interested in me getting to be nourished by him and getting closer to him in our relationship through the experience of work, which is the purpose, and also helping others. So anyway, congratulations if it's worth anything. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so grateful and excited. You know what I want your advice on next is since you are a social media image consultant branding guru, I would love to hear what role you think content and branding can play for each of us as we're trying to set ourselves apart um, as professionals and being having a professional brand is a concept that is talked about a lot more these days, but I'm curious how you would advise the average professional to go about that in branding themselves to be known for their thing and use it to get jobs. I think that that is amazing. And I think that the overall answer to this question is make sure whatever you do, be it business, be it individual, be it, you know, whatever you are doing group, you have to be true to yourself. Like, and your brand. We have so many brands and so many businesses that are trying to tell a story that has already been told. We have so many people that are trying to create social media images of people that have already done that. 
And you need to have your competitive advantage. And a lot of people may look at their brand and say, dang, what is my competitive advantage? Or look at their self and say, wow, I have the same resume as this other person. What is my competitive advantage? The competitive advantage is that God made everybody individual. There are qualities that you have that nobody else has. You just have to make sure that you allow yourself to be different enough and give yourself permission to be different so that you can actually start shining in these places. And that is easier said than done because, you know, a lot of times we look at like when I first became a news anchor, I looked at different people that were doing it and I said, oh, okay, well, I have to have short hair. I have to short weave and I have to talk like this absolutely all the time. And for a minute I was doing it and it was just, it was inauthentic. And my boss, he said, I just want you to go out there. I just want you to be Kayla. And once I started being Kayla, I realized that my personal brand started growing as well. Not just my business profiles, but myself as well. Like even on social media, guys, like I get online and I'm just like this most of the time, 99% of the time, 90% of the time. I'm a happy person. <laughs> I had to scale that back real quick. I'm just a happy person. So I I started being comfortable with just being this optimistic person and just say, you know what? I'm just going to put the content out. I'm going to give people what I am, who I am. And there is somebody who is going to see who I am and is going to say, hey, I like that. You know what I mean? And so now that I am walking in what it means to be yourself and to have people follow you just to be you, just for you, like it is so liberating. And that is what I will suggest to you guys, because in back to the prefer the uh, professional, um, what do you call it? Professional brand or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I thought about that too. A lot of people in the news industry have a professional page and they have a personal page. You know what I mean? And for various reasons, sometimes you want to keep your privacy. And I definitely understand that because being in the spotlight, sometimes you just want things to be for yourself. So I get that. But for me, I don't have a professional page and a personal page. I am who I am. I am professional just as I am. You know what I mean? Even though I may be rough around some edges, that is what makes me me. And if you hire me for anything, you are going to hire me for the energy I can bring for myself, my personality. And so with that being said, I feel like you should know what you are getting, the most authentic version of myself. And so with that being said, for everybody who is conflicted, oh, should I make a business, you know, page or not even just that should I build a business brand just make sure it's the authentic you because you can have different versions yeah. of yourself you know what I mean mm -hmm. the same me that's in the boardroom is not the same me that's out at happy hour at 7 p.m after two libations you know what I mean <laughs> still professional still very Caleb but there's just different aspects that you turn on and turn off so as mm -hmm. long as it's an authentic story you will be good to go. Just don't fake it. We have enough fakes. We don't need another generic carbon oh. copy of somebody else. Gross. No, thank you. Um, you know what <laughs> got me thinking about something you said? Okay, was when you said, I am who I am, but part of that is I am a professional. Yeah. And I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think she just hit on something so big because here's something that I think hiring managers and leaders within organizations, especially uh, Generation X, uh, yeah. baby boomers, they'll cringe pretty big time, like double shutter all the way. When you start talking about uh, be yourself at work, I just want to bring yeah. my full self to work. I want to be authentic because actually 
I think that a lot of um, us who are, you know, I'll say in process in growing in maturity, I'll say it that way, (laughs) are not that don't have elements yet of our authentic selves that is compatible with professionalism. The, the topics that are coming or qualities that are coming to mind. And I would love for you to pitch in is, do you have follow through? Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're just talking about work. Do you have follow through right. with like texting your friends and sending that thing that you said you would send? Mm-hmm. Do you flake out a lot? Yeah. Is that what, is that a part of who you are or is it not? Um, and do you have resourcefulness? Do you tend to think that Oh no, that can't really happen. No, that's too hard. Oh no, somebody needs to give me the step-by-step instructions for everything. When you're doing, I don't know, figuring out what gas credit card you want to purchase, if you want to do that. Um, (laughs) I I was about to say doing your taxes, but I was like, that's an awful example. I definitely outsourced that to a CPA. (laughs) But uh, anyway, and so uh, like, do you have uh, follow through and resourcefulness and kindness? If that's who you are in your personal life, then heck yeah. I think that there could be crossover when you're thinking about your professional self, Similarly, as you are bringing that follow through, that resourcefulness, that integrity, you could also bring your quirky humor and your kind of funky style that has a twist (laughs) and your weird obsession with, I don't know, talking about hiking too much or whatever it is. You could bring that too. And I think that works for just like your personal life will be very well served by attributes that are considered professional. Um, and I think that your professional life will be also served by those attributes that are considered personal. If you yes. can mesh the two together. I agree. And that is so like, literally you hit the nail on the head. Like, I think it is so important to make sure that you know you by yourself, like you are a brand, a walking brand. And just like Mm -hmm. anything, there's different facets, but at the end of the day, it's still you. And showing up as your authentic self, I know is something that especially um, millennials, I would say Gen Z, they have gotten really good at, you know, especially Gen Z, they've gotten really good at saying, hey, this is who I am. If this doesn't feed me anymore, or if they aren't accepting, I'm out the door, you know, and that's something that I really admire. And I think when you talk about baby boomers and the generations before um, us, I think that for a long time, and especially in the African-American community, right? Um, we're told that you have to be a certain way in order to get a certain job. And it mm-hmm. was all about security. So if yeah. they tell me, hey, I don't like your hair, change it, or you saw that that was what the industry had, I'm going to keep my hair straight. If they say mm-hmm. you have to talk a certain way and enunciate your words, I'm going to mm-hmm. do that because it's about security at that point, right? And so when you realize that, you know, giving yourself permission to be vulnerable is something that not a lot of people in previous generations have done anyway, maybe in careers that they have chosen. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you're looking at stability and, you know, maybe your passion is to be an artist, but you have a family to feed and you just got a great opportunity. I'm going to go with security. So their mindset, I believe is just a little bit different. I'm not saying everybody, but just generationally, the mindsets have been different. And so if you don't feel like you chose a career that was true to you and true to your inner self, and you aren't giving yourself permission 
to maybe make a career change, it's hard to give yourself permission to show up as your authentic self and something that was not authentic at its genesis. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I definitely understand why some people aren't, you know, as open and, you know, all of that stuff. Um, But I just feel like, and it's not for everybody, you know, everybody is different. But as for me, I feel like I cannot be fulfilled if I am hiding a light. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like being a light bulb. Like, if you're a light and the light is always on and you always have the cover on the light, then it's like, okay, time out. You gonna let me shine or what? So I feel like (laughs) that is how I get my most fulfillment when I can be a light. And if I shut it off, then I am not being true to myself. I can't do that. No, I can't either. I amen to that. Um, Because I do have friends actually that, they really enjoy and that is their natural state to be very formal at work yeah they would personally not feel good about uh maybe some some ways that I would show up as my authentic self yeah and that's fine that's who yeah. they are they really actually love the compartmentalization that is not me right um <laughs> so that's just one other layer to showing up as your authentic self. Um, Kayla, you forcible woman. I think we are drawing to a close. And in that, I would love to hear what, if anything, you just want to reiterate or underscore yeah. from your story to leave the listeners with. My gosh, absolutely. I think that in a world where everyone is trying to do trying to do things and you're always bombarded with who you should be what you should be you know what i mean like i know that authenticity is important so stay authentic and once you start being authentic whether it's starting that business whether it's changing industries, whether it's following through on a God idea that you know you got, even if it was years ago and you're like nervous, like, oh my gosh, will that even work the same? We're at a different time. Keep going, like keep keep going because you can keep going. And even when it is hard and even when your faith is being tested, because obviously it will be like, you know, to some of us have big dreams. And I always say this, I literally say this almost every interview that I do. Like, you know, you have to become the person that can handle the thing that you ask God for. So while you are trying to bring all of these things into fruition, see, while you're trying to do that, you, God is worried about you and who you are becoming in, in all of this. So keep going. Even when your process seems like it's taking too long or God has forgotten about you, he hasn't like, you know, you're going to get there. It just takes time. And in this microwave Society that we are in right now, I know everything seems instant. You got Insta stories, you got Instagram. Like, you know what I mean? Some things taste better after they go in the oven and they cook and stew for a few hours. And so if you wanna build something that's sustainable, that is built to last, that will withstand the storms of life, you just gotta wait on it. Good gravy. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I would. you saw me. I was just about to flip the desk this mic is on. I was so motivated by what you were saying. Oh my gosh. Yes. I was, okay. Who is it? Dallas Willard or something who had this, nah, somebody else. This quote that you are becoming who you will be forever. Mm, It's all about becoming. 
everything is about becoming. Do you think God gives a crap about like, I'm sorry, like (laughs) your key performance indicators? No. Yes, he does. Don't come at my life. Uh, We don't extrapolate this point too much. But it's really, he is caring about through everything, through your relationships, through your eating habits and your health habits and your career and your spiritual practices. Every single thing is about who you're becoming. And so don't miss the point. It's not just about the product and who you're helping though that is purposeful we bound, we live a life of tension where ecclesiastes says pretty much nothing actually matters at all it's all meaningless and then other parts of the word that's like you uh in the gospels you'll account for every empty word you ever said and i was like oh crap that sounds like everything matters and i just said crap that's one (laughs) that god has a little ticker i guess (laughs) this interview will be mentioned when i see him um i'm saying worse than that today so you're good (laughs) oh no me too oh my gosh oops um but yeah it's all about who we're becoming and so let it be the slow process and realize that um this is the product this is the end goal exactly where you are right now oh i know that that's coming from my mouth but i took that from what you were serving so thank no, you. You said that. Like that thank was you. a proverb, a Kelsey proverb. I need that on the uh-uh. shirt. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> you hype me up. It's dangerous. Okay. Um, God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. Um, I don't know how to end this interview. I never do. So I'm just gonna mm, end that there. <laughs> yeah, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> If you enjoyed this conversation, you know what to do. Take your little thumb, scroll down, and tap the stars to leave a rating and a review below. And don't forget to go connect with this week's guest on LinkedIn with a word of thanks. I know they'll appreciate it so much. And as always, you could find any links mentioned in this episode in the show notes below. And if you're wondering, how can I find and land a job I'm truly excited about and I feel called to, like, practically and for real this time because I've been thinking about it for a long time and this is harder than I thought. (laughs) If that's you, then it's time to go head over to kelseykemp.com right now to schedule a free 30-minute career strategy session with me to get started. I can't wait to meet you. I'll walk you through my process for defining your specific goals and I'll audit your existing job search process and how you've been going about it, suggest improvements, and I'll also show you my step-by-step system for what you could do to land an exciting new job in the next three to six months. Again, go to kelseykemp.com right now to pick your spot. While you're there, you can also find the treasure chest of free career tools I've designed for you over at kelseykemp.com free. You know, it's in all caps. It's called free, that page in the navigation bar at the top. And you can also follow along with me on LinkedIn for access to my live workshops, updates, and latest tips. See you next week on Answer the Call.